Yeah, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the show, Funky Times, uh, LE2B. Um, before we start, um, please rate and review this podcast. Join our Patreon and donate for bonus content and buy Silk City Hot Sauce, our sponsor. And we're sponsored now and uh, all that. And also, I have a book coming out January 3rd, 2023 that I'm starting to uh, plug a little bit. It's called Born Funny Comics Chronicle Through the Rise of Alt Comedy. And um, it's an autobiographical novel based on my experiences. Uh, kind of was well, a kid when I first got interested in comedy. And then later, as I got into like the alt scene of the early aughts, like kind of covers the comedy era of 2001 to 2010 when alt comedy is kind of becoming a thing. So yeah, I'll talk more about that. So I'm here with Eric B. How's it going? Uh, excited good. about this book. I am. And you know, it's funny. I didn't hear about it until some other comics uh, saw your Instagram post. And I'm like, they were like, he's working on a book. And I'm like, I had no idea. But I, I think feel you, like I mentioned you, it. You did you. mention yeah. it. Yeah. I think it's one of those things so that no one really, when you say that, people are like, um, yeah, all right. Like, it just sounds sort of. Yeah. Cause I'm used to talking to most comedians where they tell me things they're working on and then you never hear about it ever again. You know? So it's, uh, right. They're usually like, and it is <laughs> funny how in comedy, no one seems impressed about an idea. Like I remember I was talking to a comedian and they're like, you know, well, so we've been getting, you know, I've been getting up here and I've been doing, what have you been working on? I'm like, I don't know nothing. I go, I don't know. I have a book coming out and they're just like, they didn't even know how to respond to that. They're like, <laughs> Oh, like, what is that? Like, what are, is that a thing? So but yeah. it, it is uh, a real yeah, who, t- who told you about it? Was it someone I know? I mean, obviously. Yeah, I think I it was know. a comic. You know, I guess they saw your your page and they were like, I'm like, oh, uh, I didn't. I didn't. I think I, now I kind of remember. Yeah, he was talking about it. So, um, yeah. yeah, I mean, you follow through. I got to give you credit for that, you know. Thanks. I do follow through. Yeah, I think people it is that thing. I've had that a lot where I'll be like, that's why I try not to, especially as I get older, try not to like really talk about things I'm doing. Because I feel like when you talk about something a lot, it's a way of like not doing it. Like, yeah, you can get ahead of yourself. A lot of people do that on Instagram, too. Like, I have this coming out in four months. And then you're like, where is it? Like, I, I decided not to do yeah. it. It's more like, <laughs> it's exciting talking about it. Right. Like comics always want to push their credits and they're always like, they're like, I'm working on a pilot. I'm like, oh, you're like, you know, you have a TV show. No, I'm just writing a pilot. I'm like, so you're just writing down things on a piece so nothing? of paper. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I had someone say that recently. They're like, I, it was the guy who I was like, oh, I have a book coming out who kind of looked at me like and just walk. I swear he just looked at me and like walked away when I Jeez. said that. He was like, yeah, you know, I'm working on a pilot. He's, I think he said that, you know, and I'm really close to it, it being a go. And I'm like... Yeah, that doesn't sound. Yeah, like true. always when they go, <laughs> they go, they'll go, they'll go. Yeah, I'm got, I'm, I'm pitching, I'm pitching something. I'm like, well, pitching is nothing. Pitching <laughs> is nothing, right? Right, you unless you're in the fucking national league <laughs> but yeah unless, no, pitch- unless you're like spielberg you're not really pitching you know like i mean like who just you ha- like i have this idea they're like okay we'll make this movie immediately there's only a few yeah. guys where they do that with but everyone else is you know right that pitching was i mean you're emailing people you know to try and get <laughs> I don't know. them interested but uh yeah but this I'm, i i've it's been going on for a while like first of all, i've been working on it for years and then yeah. That's good. The publishing process has been going on for like a year. It was going to come out last year, but it was too quick of a deadline. Oh, okay. So I was like, look, let's just do it next year. So it's like it was going to maybe come out last March. And um, I just was like, she needed like sort of a lead in. And I was still kind of like 
fin- doing finishing touches. But no, it's, no. I mean, it's a really interesting story. There's like cameos from, you know, people who became it's kind of an interesting almost origin story of a lot of comedians who made it big it was like the at the, at the beginning of their career and how many pages it's, is it it's like 420 like 420 it, it's long wow. like it's not like yeah it's an wow. actual like might be when i saw that i was like i might be a little long but well it, it, there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff in it, it kind of we're and not like, talking harry just, potter it, here it's not too bad 420s do no no but it is like it's not just about uh, it. It's kind of um, you know how like Bukowski used to do that thing where he would write. It was based on him, but it would be a different moniker, yeah, like under right. like Henry Chinoski. That's kind of the idea I had when I was like, I didn't for some reason I didn't want to use my name. It just seemed like if you if you made it kind of you, but someone else, you know, you you kind of could like expand on certain things like it's all based on real things but some things are kind of not completely how they right. happen you know you can, you can take an artistic license there so which is kind of how most things are anyway you know you, who you always would, would do that is like neil simon with his plays you remember those plays like biloxi blues right, right that one character that was him but he was called something else and you know so they yeah eugene jerome yeah yeah it's like it's similar to that like it's clearly him but right it, maybe they didn't you know he's coming up with funnier banter in the thing right so um well that's great no there's that yeah thanks so yeah i'm pretty uh, psyched thank you so are you want to uh there was one thing you were you were talking about just happened just happened i'd like to talk about this story because it's a big big story uh joe biden i mean we're 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 going to like election season and you know biden a couple weeks ago you know uh got rid of all that student debt Unfortunately, Republicans have still are suing to stop that because they're just fucking evil, right? <laughs> you believe that, by the they're way? They're suing to stop it. Yeah, there's lawsuits. They're, they're stopping the student debt, debt forgiveness, and they're. And what's their reasoning behind it? What what <laughs> what are they so against? Well, about appa- it? well, first of all, I know they're, what they're against, but why? What is their reasoning for it? Well, apparently, you can't sue unless they're for something unless you are a lawyer, but unless you're you feel harm. Right. Mm-hmm. So they're like, well, how would anyone feel harm from this? And they're saying, well, in certain states, um, if you get debt forgiven, you are on the hook for taxes for that. You know, like if you were 10,000 forgiven, you're I guess you have to you owe maybe a thousand in taxes because you saved all this money. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Biden. So but they, they're still forgetting that you're still saving nine thousand dollars. They don't give a fuck about that. That doesn't. Right. Work. Right. But then, so what Biden did is they made it opt out. So they said, okay, so you don't have to be forgiven. So legally, you have no cause for this because we're not making you do this. Right. And so they think this first lawsuit may may not go far, but they're they're planning like tons of others because, you know, that's what they do. They don't really. (laughs) Why help the world? I guess it's um, and I guess the whole thing of, you know, it's amazing how many people are still on board with it and it's only it's all the people that shouldn't be on board with it but it, i guess it's just they're so far gone that yeah. they don't i think the problem is people just don't you know have any introspection and don't look into anything they just listen to what and once they get their mind stuck in a certain way it's so hard to change anything because it's it would be like admitting that you're wrong so um right. I don't know. I mean, it it is it's it's insane the amount of things that will come out about them and it just doesn't change anyone's mind. Like the Herschel Walker thing, where the yeah. women are still like, "Yeah, no, I still like him," and it's like, right. and the religious right are, are like, "Yeah, he, he paid for abortions, but so what?" I'm like, "What? I mean, isn't this what you don't want?" I don't understand you guys. 
But I think in the end, all it is is that I vote for the Democrats because they're more in line with the stuff that I want. Do they always deliver? No. But Republicans, I think, just vote for Republicans just to own liberals. The Republican Party now is just all about whatever liberal people want, we are going to destroy. You know, whatever I think it is. that's true. Yeah, I think that's true. But there is a sect that's like, like women, like women and women Republicans, like who live in these red states, like Georgia. I guess they're yeah. just. I I don't even know what it. They're so far gone. Because if you weren't so far gone, and you weren't okay with these things, if they horrified you the way they should, you wouldn't stay in Georgia. You'd be <laughs> like, I'm, I mean, it is kind of like someone being held captive and it's so much easier to just accept where you are right and not question it than to question it and question your whole life because it is scary to actually like question something you've believed your whole life that maybe you don't really agree with and then you kind of have to like uproot your whole life i don't know it's just it's it's mind-blowing to me but i guess it's mind-blowing just because most people are just you know not me and are you know that's the thing well it's also kind of like you know you just look and you're like oh i guess most people are just kind of completely like i think i feel like i'm I'm deluded in a lot of things but i'm i mean compared to the rest of the world it's like insane yeah i just want to get a correct uh you said most people are not you i would say everyone is not you but (laughs) but i just want to split that's true yeah that's probably more accurate no no i think most people are me (laughs) Now, that basically is my problem with the world is I'm like, everyone is not exactly like me. It kind of blows my mind that people don't. But then that's actually a big realization to have when you realize, oh, shit, other people see things not the way I see them. Yeah. But I guess everyone has that experience. Like, how are you? But when when someone seems so wrong about something, you're like, how can you have that viewpoint when it's so wrong people are like well what what's your idea of wrong everyone has a different idea of what's <laughs> right but it's like no i feel like society we do have a pretty like universal idea of what's wrong right right no. like they have laws like raping and stuff i think like most people should think that that's wrong no i remember i think i brought it up when- except for you i know you're a big <laughs> proponent no, but I, I, I remember i took this cultural anthropology course in college and there's a tribe in africa where they make all the their rite of passage when they turn 12 or 13 is they have to blow all the members of the tribe. And everyone was like, Ugh. and the teacher was like, you know, I know you're looking down on this, but it's a cultural thing. You know, to them, this isn't so bad. This is this is fine. I'm like, no, this is universally bad. Right. I, Wait, would, they have to blow everyone like they have to blow the tribal elders. Right. Uh, so when you turn 12 or 13 yeah, see that sounds pretty good <laughs> if, you're, if you're a tribal elder it's great i but... just can't imagine like i i can't imagine even selling someone on that <laughs> i mean like bar mitzvah you get presents and a you know when you're 13 they're like so do we get a bar mitzvah well we're gonna do this a little differently over and <laughs> come into this tent <laughs> I couldn't imagine like if I was starting a tribe and I was like, hey, I have some rules in this tribe. So <laughs> all the girls have to blow me all the time. No, like, it's not just right. it's the boys that had to do it. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. That's all right. I'm out on that one. <laughs> I thought it was 12 year old girls. No, I'm just <laughs> I was all on board. Now it is disgusting. Yeah. That's... Anytime you get something where like people, one of the rules is you have to blow people. That's like probably not a very 
<laughs> legit right. organization. Yeah, like all those uh, uh, cults, they always start the same way. They're always cool. And then they find out. Then six months later, they're just like, you need to just blow everybody. That's like the right, new rule. Right, right. It always starts with like self-empowerment and, you know, finding <laughs> out who you are and, you know, getting out of your own way and your limitations. And like, yeah, six months later, it's always like, all right, so uh, now we tie you up and you blow me. <laughs> and then... <laughs> And then, every, and then you can't complain about it ever. And then, I, then I, you give me all your money. Like, hmm. But I, I don't know. I guess people are so weak. Will I? Well, let me get to the story real fast. Because okay, yeah. So Joe Biden today, uh, and then, you know, he's just. He, th- this is going to be hard for Republicans to turn this around because with the student loan thing, they they preyed on people like I paid my loans. Why did other people don't? You know that kind of thing. Uh, but with this thing, he's letting out all these federal uh, marijuana offenders who just went into jail for marijuana. Thousands. They're all being pardoned. You know, you know, Trump wanted to pardon all the insurrectionists. This guy's actually right, pardoning right. people. So I wonder what these Republicans are going to say, because there's a lot of libertarians in the Republican Party who are really like pro cannabis. So I don't know how they could get so mad at this. I'm sure they'll find a way. Well, I think that I think it seems really easy. They're just going to be like, why should these drug, why should these drug addicts and uh, drug pushers be able to walk the streets? Cause they're going to turn it into, you know, weed is just the evil root that's just going to, you know, destroy your children and right. it's depraved and it's going to, it always leads to, you know, pedophilia you know it's just a, a hippies you know molesting it, it everything all roads now lead in the republican party lead to pedophilia yeah. which kind of is like should make you step back and take note of like why are where is their head at that everything <laughs> is molest you know it's that thing of like when someone's talking about something so much it's kind of like it seems like you're really into this yeah <laughs> well here, here's the thing also i think this is what my Opinion might happen is like you, you you put all these just minor drug offenders in the prison now they're in prison and they come out they may be real fucking criminals because that's what the prison does to you right so some of these guys might just come out and then they'll start robbing banks or you know sh- shooting yeah. people and then the republicans will be like see see you know but it wasn't right. the, but it was really just jail doing that so i could right. see that i don't argument. think you're allowed to get yeah marijuana in jail probably well, there's probably a way to but i don't think i don't think being a pothead in jail would help you no but i'm saying just when you go to prison it turned you know people turn into criminals for prison. no no i know yeah. i'm saying how like if they had stayed out and on weed they probably wouldn't have been, done anything right proactive like you're not gonna i've never gotten high and been like let's rob a bank um, <laughs> it's more like let's but, can we find a bank <laughs> right right or um but no, that's I don't I mean, they just find it is funny, too, how everything with the Republican Party comes down, like with the college loan forgiveness, they're like their go to is always like, well, it's unfair to a lot of the population. Like their whole argument is like like they can't you know, they, they can't stand it with something is unfair to some sect of the population. <laughs> yeah. Like It's unfair to some people. That's not right. Like, it's like, oh, really, you guys are all about fairness and equality <laughs> for everyone. Yeah. Like, you know, when you're cutting taxes for the billionaires. Yeah. You don't seem like you're so on top of that. Right. This is unfair to, you know, certain people. And, and it's also these people, you know, who complain like, um, well, I what about this? So, you know, I didn't. I'm not getting. It. It's like, well, maybe it's just not going to affect you. May, just right. relax. Fine. You're you're 
your loans are paid off. You're fine. Then go live your life and work your fucking job. Right. Also, they act like $10,000, some huge fucking amount. Like <laughs> People's debt is like hundreds of thousands of dollars. $10,000 is literally barely doing anything. Yeah. Or how about like the older people who like when they went to college, college was $500 and they're, they're arguing about this. I'm like, come on. I mean, dude. I know? know it's insane. Yeah. What people used to, uh, what people, uh, inflation is just, it's so, I mean, it's just insane. But like my parents went at, to school for free. College. Good colleges yeah. in the city. I, your father your father might have too. My dad went to law school for free, a good, a good law school <laughs> on the GI Bill. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, people just – that's how it was. You could just go – and then you could live and have an apartment in New York City for like a reasonable amount of money and you could have <laughs> kids and – raise the you know what i mean yeah. and give them stuff now it's just you can't do anything it feels <laughs> like um so i just think it's funny with everything how hard everything is there republicans are i don't know like what is their end game what do they want they just want no one to have anything except for like 30 people yeah and they just want to run everything you know and if they're not winning you know you know it's like just all about winning is that what that's all it is yeah and they realize but, but they to what end i guess just kind of we won and we're better is that i feel like that's all the republican party is it's just like we won and we're better and we're winning and you're losing uh, yeah i think it's the people who follow the party are like that i think the people who run the party have their interests business interests in mind you know right but the people who follow it they're all like yeah they're gonna but it's like they're all it's kind of the thing of um the, the the people in these hate groups that always want to preserve the purity of a race are always like the biggest fucking losers of the race, <laughs> right? That's a good point. But you know what I mean? Like the white, you know, power people are always yeah. like, yeah, we got to preserve the purity of the white race. It's always like you, you live in your mom's basement. Like you, it's just like you don't know how to read. Yeah. And you, you Maybe the, we need some new blood in here. And you're the product of probably like your cousin's fucking. So, you know, that's the purity ain't so great there. Yeah, so that it's just it doesn't always seem to be like the face of it is always like the worst of <laughs> what what that is. Maybe that's why the Klansmen wear wear the hoods because their faces are so ridiculous. <laughs> but is it? But there has to be something about that because it's like, why are they the most vocal about it? And like they're the ones that are the most concerned with keeping it a certain way. Is it just they're so? Th they're threatened is that what it is they think everyone that they're not going to matter anymore they already feel really um irrelevant uh so right. well it's like those incels that that community is apparently growing where it, i i guess they just don't have sex with women i think it's involuntary and uh they are just mad at women i'm like well why don't you just yeah. fucking work on your game a little bit <laughs> you know yeah that's such a weird things they can't get laid and so they um first of all this is a weird side note but did did we talk about don't worry darling what's that, that? movie oh you it's, talked about it last oh, it's about incels right well have you seen it or are you no. gonna see it I'll, I'll see it but i mean you could talk about it a bit i mean there's a little it it deals a little bit with the incel culture and the internet and these guys like Jordan Peterson, kind of these mouthpieces that a lot of people follow and how these kind of cult groups begin and it, how incels became this thing. They all got connected by the internet and then they'll have, I didn't know Jordan Peterson was such an incel yeah. icon. He is. 
I think because the men really gravitate to them. You know, it's this, it's this certain demographic where it's like young white males who are just pissed yeah. off at, I guess, the race stuff. That's a big part of it. The just marginalized thing. by society. Right. And, um, but I, I've, you know, I've, I've listened to Jordan Peterson and he has some good things to say. It's not all just about like women are shitty. A lot of it is like, I mean, I don't listen to him a lot, but he'll just talk about like, empowerment and not being deluded and i guess right. they take but that's what cults do they'll, they'll take something it might be so positive and just ruin it for their own but anyway they they're talking a little bit about that culture and, and how there's a sect of the population males that feel marginalized and they want and they want to kind of go back to the 50s yeah. era where <laughs> yeah. women didn't really have a lot of power but um i don't know is that what a lot of dudes want now do yeah. you know <laughs> Yeah, we do. I want women I date to have money and work. <laughs> what do you want to go back to the I Love Lucy days where you come home and she's fucking just annoying the shit out of you because she can't, she's sitting home all day, you know? They're sitting at home all day just cooking and then <laughs> they're kind of mad and you won't let them do anything. I, that's such a weird, like, I never once watched that and was like, oh, that looks amazing. I was just <laughs> like. It was like pretty. She always be, oh, Ricky, you don't let me do anything. He's like, no, no, come on, you have to stay home, and she, you know, whatever. <laughs> Those are. <laughs> is that from your one man show when you did uh, Lucy and Desi like yeah, Ricky? <laughs> no, no, no. Um, yeah, I. I mean, he. He. She never would let him. He would never let her work at the club or something. Right. Which I, she was a bit of embarrassment, you know, like she would always do crazy things, but you know, you throw her a bone. Why not? You know? Right. Right. So, I mean, and I don't know, I guess that's the way it was, but I mean, well, anyway, but she, just, was, she was one of the writers of the fucking show. It was like she, like she had no control. She was in charge well, she had of control behind, but behind the scenes she did, but not the character. I guess that's true. You couldn't really do anything the times were different so but you know the, i just want to real quick back to that uh uh pot story biden. the biden story that's like a you know big it's a big effing deal you know and uh they've already talked oh, is that going to happen or they is he really going to do that yeah the pardon you can just do like that that for, they, for what kind of charges like possession uh anything low level uh uh, they said 6500 individuals this is only on the federal level not on the state level but after this, some of the states will probably follow the, the blue states. 6,500, uh, you know, just simple marijuana possession. Jesus Christ. There's 6,500. And are, there are people that have gotten like huge sentences for that, right? Yeah, because <clears throat> that all started in the late 60s when Nixon really and, and some of the other states, they, they had these tough drug laws. A lot of them said they did this on purpose. Nixon, they said, did it on purpose because <clears throat> he wanted to silence the hippies and the blacks. So they said, you can't just put hippies and blacks in jail, but there's a way around right. that. So, yeah. Um, and New York uh, had, just... had really harsh laws for a long Nelson Rockefeller. They were called the Rockefeller laws where right. for years you would just, you know, you got caught with drugs. You were fucked. Yeah, it's not, but now it's decriminalized in New York, right? Yeah, they're selling it. Like, literally, their stores now, you go, they don't advertise it, but you're like, can I, I know a place, and you just like, can I get weed? And they're like, yeah, here you go. Not edibles really? or whatever. Yeah, like literal weed, you know? Oh, okay. The cops, I'll have cops, to talk to you about that. <laughs> well, the cops don't, I mean, it's like, 
they, they're not going to, it's decriminalized. So why would a cop, Hey, don't do right. that. You know, <clears throat> I don't know. Why would a cop do a lot of shit that they do? Yeah. But in six months from now, <clears throat> it's going to be like, you know, it's good. You know, these, these places are going to start popping up in the city, which I, I always worried about because in a way, uh, I remember this years ago on Venice Beach. I went down there. It was in California when everything was legal and every store was a weed store. So yeah. they actually had to change the rules that you couldn't have one right next to each other. Yeah. Because in New York City where rents are so high, if you're going to open up a store, what would you rather open a cupcake store or a fucking store that sells drugs? You know? I, totally. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know, um, you're going to do okay with that at, at minimum, you know? Yeah, so I we were so I, I I watched this documentary called The Bling Ring, and okay. I guess they made well, I just a wanted to say one th- one thing oh, though. Yeah, go ahead about that, and then we can get into that. Uh, um, someone uh, they asked Seth Rogen about this already. I have a, a clip. Want to hear it? Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's that's his uh, comment. <laughs> I was trying to keep that up for a while. <laughs> I was trying to find the, the biggest pothead, and and he, I forgot he always laughs all the time. So. You know what's funny though? If you know like, these people in pop culture and entertainment yeah. who are really successful, and they project this image to the world that they're these big potheads, I some of me, I, some, a part of me doesn't really believe that they are deep, like as much as they say they are, because I feel like someone who is that much of a pothead how do they get things done i mean like as you know weed i think it it can be not harmful but if you it's like anything if you do it too much it can just like you you can't get anything done so so like someone mm-hmm. like seth rogan who's clearly so ambitious and gets so many things done i, I don't know maybe he, maybe his mind just works differently but I, I just don't buy that he's high all the time you know what i, I mean i don't know yeah i don't know if he's high all the time but i do know a lot of potheads who are like high functioning like i don't even understand how they do it they even have more energy. Like they're like, I know a few of them that they, they, they talk a mile a minute. I'm like, are you on Coke? They're like, no, just weed. I'm like, weed I does have, this to you? I, there's certain kinds. And I do think that I have had the experience where like, I'll need to get something done and I can't motivate myself. This is weird, but I can't motivate myself to do it, but I'll, I'll get high and it, I'll be able to do it. I don't know what it does, but it kind of like, it turns maybe a boring chore that you're dreading doing into something more enjoyable you yeah. know like free stuff i i don't know maybe it is maybe that is what it like bill maher bill maher talks so much about being a pot and i'm like yeah. really i just don't feel like you'd be able to f- do as much as you do like performing wise i don't know i guess he's just been doing it so long yeah, i mean I, I guess i think for some people they smoke so much it has it's like drinking a light beer maybe because i see some it comics must. they 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 can just smoke up and just fucking do an hour on stage and kill i'm like what the fuck? yeah i can't do that yeah <laughs> I can't. Um, I can't do comedy high. Yeah, I could it, never. It, it doesn't mix for me. I've I've done it. I'm I'm too self conscious. I'm I'm already kind of nervous doing stand up in general. So it it kind of gives me more anxiety. Um, but yeah, I mean, the only reason I bring the bling ring up is because yeah, it's about these you know these kids, teenagers who were committing felonies. And this for, is a you know, show. Like, this is a show on uh it's on uh, Netflix and Netflix. it's like a three-part documentary and it I, I they did a movie Sofia Coppola made a mo- like an actual movie about it years ago oh okay but it's basically you know based this is a and this is the real story from they interview a couple of them and um it uh you know they they rob um 
It's kind of a brilliant idea when they're first talking about it. They, they, they target like um, these celebrities' homes because it was first around the time with like, you know, like celebrity culture and the internet where they were always kind of um, uh, showing everyone where they were at all times. Like, they'd be like, be Paris Hilton, be like, tonight I'm going to the such and such premiere. And they lived in LA and they're like, well, she's not home. So they, and they just were, and they were able to like find her address. And they said they would go to these houses like Paris Hilton and like the front door would just be open, not even oh locked. My God. Be, I guess because like, you know, th- they um just lived in this fantasy world of like, you know, th- they live way up in the hills where it's just hard to even get to. So I think in their mind, you know, they're just kind of in their mind, they're like, you know, untouchable, like nothing, nothing bad's get. They, they live in a world where nothing's going to happen to them. So. Well, I have, a, I have a question, but don't these places have gates or can they just climb over? Is that what they were doing? They said that for I think for for Paris Hilton it was um they went through like the back like that you know like they would go up the um yeah brilliant idea right but I don't know they go like they they'd go through like the canyons through the hills of the that uh, you could just walk up like trails and so their whole thing was like they would act like they were just hiking if anyone like saw them they'd be ooh. like oh we're just kids hiking and so they would go up the back and they. Yeah, in the back of a mansion, it's probably like just a broken screen door or something. They could just open up, right? Well, and then they said they just had to like scale a fence, and then they would, or or, or a lot of times they said they would just go up to the door and like ring the doorbell, kind of look like they knew them or something. Oh, jeez, kind of doing it like really just kind of out in the open, where if anyone saw them, they'd be like, oh, it's probably just someone who knows them, and. um they said a lot. Of the, the more the more famous the person was, they said almost every time they just found a door that was open. It was really rare they had to like Jeez. actually break in. And they said they would go in and they would just, you know, Paris Hilton just has money literally lying all over the place. And they would, I think they said, but they did it like four or five times, and I don't even think she noticed because do they, they have cameras. I don't yeah they did and eventually like TMZ I think with Paris Hilton I don't think she noticed for like four times because they just <laughs> took all this money and so she had so much shit she didn't even like know anything was missing um and honestly is robbing from Paris Hilton really a crime well see this is the thing yeah. that I was thinking about later so like they keep doing it it's it's like everything in that situation where like if you just the reason you get caught is just you can't stop because if they had stopped they would have been all right but they just kept doing it so like eventually a video came out of one of them Uh, and they put it on tmz but still they didn't find it just went away and then they (laughs) kept doing it and then so anyway they get caught and i think they robbed like orlando bloom and like two um, two or three other um, i'm looking at the list that it says uh brian austin green and megan fox rachel bilson i remember her rachel bilson was like a reality star and um but anyway you know they they did it like 20 times and it's burglary which is a felony Mm -hmm. and they went to trial and i think a couple of them settled and got like two years probation and that was it and one of the i think the worst sentence was someone got like two years and served like a year in jail in like county but it's like when you hear about you know this is after they they were caught committing like nine felonies yeah that could they could put you in jail for 50 years and they they basically get probation and then these people who have weed go to jail for like 20 (laughs) years i mean it's just and the whole thing about it, what's what was the skin color it, of the people who were doing the blinking? Yeah, exactly. They well, one. I mean, one of the girls was Asian, mm, okay. which is like 
Yeah, all right. Yeah, I, think, I, don't, <laughs> I don't think they're the system's going after a lot of Asian women, yeah. right? Like we gotta get these Asian women off the streets. <laughs> <laughs> and um, a white guy, you know, it's like the thing is, it's these kind of like millennial they were teenager white kids in la and the thing the thing it's annoying is like you know they interview it's such a hollywood story because they make a movie about it they get kind the whole thing is that they wanted attention and fame and they kind of got their fame from doing it right they made a movie about them um they started like paparazzi started following them around, wanting to interview them. And they were saying how in LA being famous, it just doesn't even matter what it's for. Or it's, it just, it's all equal. Right. So they kind of, it sort of like worked out in the end. It's kind of an awful story because it's like, yeah, we chased fame. We wanted it at any means. And then, yeah, it was such a, you know, and they're kind of like, yeah, I can't believe we did it. It was such a bad idea. And then meanwhile, I'm like, I'm watching this documentary on Netflix about it, right? <laughs> so they got their own documentary on Netflix right. from doing all this shit. And Paris Hilton's like at the movie premiere and stuff. Um, but it's a good it's a good commentary on like celebrity culture because it's kind of like, you know, Paris Hilton's like, it's so disgusting. These people like did this to me and violated me. And it's like, yeah, but your whole life is just rubbing your life in everyone's face. Right. And you live down the street from these kids. Like, I don't know. Someone's going to finally get mad. It's kind of the same thing with, like, the Manson murders, how, like, Charles Manson, like, wanted to be in show. But I feel like it's such a toxic town and that yeah. industry is so toxic. So many people want to be a part of it. And then so many people are, are, like, flaunting it in your face. Like, you can't have it, but I'm going to have it. And it's right. like, you know... You live right across the street from these people who want it, and if you fl- if you piss them off enough, one yeah. of them's going to get mad and murder you. <laughs> and especially in the case of pa- uh, Paris Hilton, <clears throat> she's not even self-made. I mean, she her parents or well, grandparents they started Hilton Chain. I mean, she was a fucking you know yeah, and, and the most all- entitled right. And then her, in the, world. Her, the way she made her own fame was by making a video fucking somebody. That's where it right. started. So. <laughs> You know, right. And she's like, she's like looking down. How dare these people like try and like take some <laughs> something from me? It's so they violated me. And um, she said that in the thing. Yeah. Like it's so hard, like watching. Like she, she was like, I, I had such a hard time watching that movie because it was so violating. And I'm like, well, then don't go to the movie fucking premiere. Like it's just <laughs> like she, she's at the movie premiere, like posing with her dog. You know, and it's like. <laughs> You're, and, you're the problem. You're the whole reason this, that that you're you are this, and, and you're you them. That, except you had it handed to you, and you said that they didn't even notice for a while. That like that's how rich these people are. You can steal stuff from them. And it takes forever for them to notice, right? Right. Well, they were saying they would go in, and it would be like all these bags everywhere, and there would just be like hundred dollar bills hanging out of the bags because to her it was like change from the night before. <laughs> I mean it's literally equivalent of like when you go to some if like you just you know like you go somewhere sometimes and someone just has like loose change all over their floor. Yeah. You know, and you're like it's like that, but she's not gonna notice like five thousand dollars here and there miss it. You know what I mean? <laughs> um and to her, what is it I just think it's it's such an it, it, the movie really encapsulated what LA is like and when you get you know you look at LA from the outside and you're like oh it looks really nice and then you get there and you're like there's just like a toxicity to it mm-hmm. and it's just because the whole idea that 
someone would do these horrible things or whatever, just do these illegal things that are just kind of immoral, and then they get rewarded for it completely. Yeah. Everyone wants to be famous. At, and, and that's it kind of represents our culture now where it's like, no one wants to be famous for doing anything. You can just become famous for just doing nothing or just kind of like doing something horrible. Like, And it's so funny that Paris Hill would look down because you're right. She became famous for fucking someone on video. So it's like... Yeah these guys got famous their way, which was robbing your house. <laughs> yeah. But, that was, yeah. That was pretty much the beginning of all that stuff of just being, just fi- being famous for being famous. Yeah. I think that early aughts and stuff is when it really started where you just had all these people who were famous. And you didn't know why. I guess it was a lot of that celeb uh, rea- reality show stuff where it was kind of the beginning of yeah, the dawn yeah. of reality TV. I mean, and, you know, uh, and then that would, I remember pissed that, but you'd be like, why is this? Per-? But those people never stayed famous for that long. That was the problem because they had no talent. Yeah, but they did it for just long enough to like <laughs> annoy everybody. Yeah, or to, but, but I feel like that's why I think that town and the industry got even worse around that time because it became, there were people who probably went into that industry who, who had talent and, you know, had artistic um, capabilities and aspirations, but they weren't, you know, LA's not interested in that. You know what I mean? LA's <clears> like, <throat> what, how, what can you do to be, to get attention? What, what's your thing that's going to, what's it's your a, spectacle? It's so funny. Cause this, I was telling you before this new show on Hulu called Re- reboot, which is really funny. It's just about them rebooting an old show from the years ago. And they added a new cast member. And the reason why they added this new cast member is this person was, was on a reality show. You know, but she can't uh, act yeah. and stuff like that. And the name of the reality show was a uh, fuck boy, fuck boy mountain or fuck boy island or something like that. <laughs> well, fuck boy island. That's a real show. Yeah. Have you heard of it? it's on Netflix? Oh, maybe it's fuck boy mountain. Oh, maybe. Oh, wow. Really? Or maybe it was fuck buddy. I think it was fuck boy. Fuck buddy. Uh, mountain. Okay. Fuck buddy mountain. That was it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But see, that's how like our culture has gotten to the point it's been like this for a while where like you can't even parody it anymore because it's <laughs> like the reality surpasses the parody so yeah. th- i mean that's a show fuck boy island <laughs> nikki glazer that comedian hosts it oh, okay um, yeah this was fuck buddy mountain but yeah it's it's almost the real one is funnier than the than the fake one <laughs> right <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean and the scariest part is i've watched it fuck boy <laughs> island yeah is, um is it good <laughs> yeah i mean it's fun i mean it's kind of that thing where like i'll watch things and i think this was a trend for a while where there'd be shows on and the whole thing was like oh my god this is so stupid they're such idiots and then you'd watch it and then like you know two seasons in you'd be like wait a minute like who's the idiot here <laughs> like is it me is it right. them i don't think they're any i'm the one watching this like jersey shore was like oh they're such idiots what what morons and then like four seasons in when they're all millionaires i was like wait a minute i think i'm the idiot (laughs) (laughs) like i'm still watching these people just get drunk and that's their job but um i just can't get into any of those shows i mean there's just so many uh but they just annoy me there is there's have you noticed that like with with everything not just reality shows but everything it's just it's overwhelming now i can't i I I used to take solace and, you know, like the whole thing of entertainment was like it was supposed to be kind of your unwind time to kind of like sit back and vegetate and just kind of turn your brain off. Now it's like 
I have to literally go to TV with like a plan. Like I'm literally like, what am I going to watch today? Like, and I have to like make notes throughout the day. Like, oh, I have to remember to watch that. Um, you know, people like get, you know, Alzheimer's as they get older. Have you noticed like losing, like how your memory not being as good as it used to be? I remember dumb things. That's the thing. I, I can't remember the shit I did yesterday, but I can remember a baseball stat from 1992. You know, it's really weird. Right. Speaking of which, so did, so did you see the... The David Judge hit the oh, Aaron sixty Judge. second. Aaron Judge, Aaron Judge. Yeah, yeah. Wait, who's David Judge? Uh, I don't know. It sounds. Speaking sounds like... of not remembering things. <laughs> yeah, they did made you a see big... the Judge Reinhold hit the sixty uh, third <laughs> touchdown. Well, the funny um, thing is that he broke the record as a clean. He's a clean player. He's definitely not on steroids. The guy's just a big monster. Uh, but but that's still not the record. 73 is the record but so it, how come no one is that kind of the elephant in the room that everyone's kind of like i i do think it's cool though how everyone's kind of treating him like he's the actual record breaker <laughs> because barry bonds and them it's just kind of like yeah all right but really yeah i know well it's like it's a code word because he he broke the american league record um Aaron Judge, so they just go the yeah. American League champion of homers, which is basically saying the non-steroid champion of home runs. Basically, yeah. So I don't, um, I don't, I still think seventy three is a record to be honest, because those were the rules at the time. There were no rules, you know. People cheat all the time in sports, or they in the fifties. They said that you know people like Mickey Mantle were taking primitive steroids or or uh, amphetamines. Yeah, that was the, that was the big thing. So. You make I think unfortunately, it. unfortunately, it, it is going to be everyone's always like, but there's an asterisk on it. It's like, does he really give a shit? Like, it's kind of <laughs> like if Tom, you are the most rich man in the world, but there's an asterisk next to it in the book. <laughs> like, yeah, all right, I'll take it. But it is kind of insane that, that steroids must have played a big part because the fact that like just one the guys who were on steroids just destroyed the record like it's not right. even close like, well the funny thing is yeah barry bonds was the greatest maybe one of the greatest players of all time and he was clean for a long time until that guy mark mcguire broke the record yeah. and he got annoyed so he's like you know what oh, fuck it i'll take it and then he blew the records you know and, and did he, he i know he looked like a monster at the end did he was it kind of like a, a a noticeable difference oh yeah his head it was huge giant <laughs> noggin on his fucking guy and they're like he's in his early 40s and like yeah his head got bigger you know you know because when you hit your 40s you really grow a lot especially in your head your head starts to get bigger <laughs> kind of like michael jackson when um he he claimed that he um got plastic surgery twice on his face yeah. on his nose twice and it's like then they're like your face is a different shape and he's like it changed it changed and they're like your face grew into another face from when you were 35 and turned a different color yeah but like like what what is it a chin cleft doesn't just grow into your head when you're like 40. <laughs> But here's the thing. I saw some pictures of Barry Bonds, like I think a couple of years ago, and I think the head stays big. I think that doesn't change because I saw he was like on a bicycle and he's just this skinny guy because he's off the roids. It's, it's like big head on there. It's kind of. Funny. Yeah, that's um. he uh, the, I think the problem with him, too, is I think a lot of people don't like it, like didn't like him. Was oh, he kind yeah. of a prick? He was a prick. Yeah. 
So I think that hurts. I think th- that it's just another kind of example. Of people want to be like, yeah, well, fuck. Like kind of like A-Rod. People right. turned on A-Rod. Like, oh, he's a dick. Well, A-Rod um, would always do these stupid things. I don't know if you remember this one. Like, he was on the Yankees and he went to Central Park and he was sunning himself on one of the rocks in Central Park and he shirt off and it looked like he was posing. And of course, someone's going to take a picture. Yeah. And he kind of had a reputation of being a bit of a, you know, just a like a diva he was like very yeah no totally he was completely self-absorbed but i mean i don't know can you really blame i mean he had one of the things is he had the picture of him like kissing himself in the mirror i mean that was a little (laughs) i get having a picture of that but like don't like do it for like magazines right well and the thing was jeter was always so Derek jeter was always so protective you never i guess the press would also leave him alone but he was very good at hiding things you know and until that one story came out about the the, the, the gift bags do you remember oh, that? oh right right <laughs> he would give gift bags to chixi bang <laughs> why were people mad at that that's pretty like well the like thing was the woman um... woman said it because she banged him for the second time i guess he didn't realize it was the same girl so he just gave it the same thing <laughs> really i feel like that's kind of considerate to have like a gift bang yeah he gave her he had a game ball where he autographed it i mean <laughs> <laughs> How many did you? How many gift bags did you end up getting? <laughs> did I like three? Did, getting or, yeah, no, I'm just kidding. No, I give my own gift bags when I uh, with women. I give them. Uh, it's like a cup, and there's like a couple of Twizzlers <laughs> in there, and it's. Uh... <laughs> yeah, exactly. What, what would your gift picture of uh, a Rod? <laughs> my Some my car used condoms. <laughs> <laughs> um. An invitation to come back the next day. <laughs> hey, listen, if Aziz, Aziz, if Aziz gave out gift bags, he would have been in that problem he was in. I know. That was his main, that was his biggest mistake. No gift bags. Um, <laughs> he gave her a, a, a bag, but it wasn't a gift bag. <laughs> um, so, oh, yeah. So, do you want to, this is the thing. You sent me that article, I guess it was last week, about how some people were saying how a lot of people are like, oh, the, 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 the post me too comebacks are oh, yes. actually a thing. What do you, so what did you, what do you think of that? The, the, the me too comebacks the people trying to make comebacks. Yeah. I think they, they were kind of saying that no one's really done it as successfully as people might think. Right. I mean, I think everyone's taken a haircut on it. Like, you know, it was, I think in the Hollywood reporter, I think Louis CK is doing decently, but the only reason why I think he is, is because he's a stand up comic. And stand-up comics can just find their audiences. It's yeah. more of a meritocracy of right. you can do it, and if you have your audience, that's the whole thing. That was that's one of the appeals. I I mean, early on when I did stand-up was like I, I wanted to perform and stuff, but it was one of the only performance outlets where like you didn't have to wait; you just could do it immediately. Any like it, you know, wasn't the greatest venues, but you could just do it. Right. So you didn't have to wait around for like to get a part or like do a play and rehearse. It was like, you could just do it. So yeah, I think that's, but uh, yeah, go ahead. You have to go. No, no, I, I was, I'm only looking something up because there's a, uh, just on that set. We'll continue with that and I'll bring up. I was just now. saying, so, I mean, he did, you know, I feel like this article was a little bit like, I mean, I think it was a little bit right in terms of like, he wasn't going to, he, he's not going to come back to, to what he was, but right. You know, it is. It's interesting to watch with him, especially, and I think this is a big comedy thing too, and and not just comedy. Where like, no matter how ousted you are, or how um, 
you know, whatever you're, you're canceled and like, you know, thrown out of the mainstream, there's always going to be people who, who like flock to you as like an, an opportunity. So it's been interesting to watch how the opportunists on a lower level, just kind of like filled in the voids that were there. You know what I mean? Right. And I don't even mean in like a shitty way. Cause I, I understand it. Cause they're probably like, who knows what they, where they stand on what they did. Maybe they don't think he did anything wrong, but it's kind of showing, especially with him, like how he was, I think he was ousted and shunned by a certain sect of entertainment, but people that he might not have, you know, spent as time as much time around and given much of an opportunity. He's like working with them. You can kind of see it, you know, yeah. like they're the ones really embracing him now. Cause now you look at a guy like Kevin Spacey, he's in the news again. Cause they're, um, He's being um, sued in New York City court from one of his early accusers. Uh, Kevin Spacey definitely canceled. I mean, that guy never. He really definitely, yeah, yeah, is not coming back. But the, did you see what this lawsuit is? I mean, this seems a bit odd. Uh, it's this kid was 14 years old, and the actor allegedly uh, picked him up, grabbed his buttocks, and laid on top of him in an attempt to seduce him. That was it. That was it. Now I'm not saying that that was a good thing, but yeah, <laughs> he's suing Kevin Spacey for forty million dollars. Wait, wait, he he's he laid on his his ass and then attempted to seduce him. It sounds like he already had seduced him. <laughs> no, point. I guess he he just held him down and he was trying, but he but they said he didn't do anything to him. I don't think that's seducing. I think that's like a sexual assault. <laughs> he didn't. They didn't have sex or anything. He just no. So I mean, yeah, is it a horrible thing? Yeah, but. They're going for forty million. I guess you got to shoot high. I guess on that one, right? Yeah. <laughs> and he's vulnerable. Yeah. Um, but here's the question: Would you, for forty million, have let Kevin Spacey lie on top of you and smush you? Forty million? I mean, yeah. probably like a couple <laughs> of grand. <laughs> I yeah. think there were dudes doing that out there for nothing at the time back then. Um, yeah, I'd probably let him for forty million. Of course, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the thing uh, something came out where um you know Tom Brady and Giselle Bunchen are are getting divorced I guess yeah it's so funny it's just no one's immune to it at any level it's just Tom Brady is with someone and there there was a day where his wife was like, you know what? I can do better. <laughs> <laughs> just this guy, hey, what the hell? What do you, what is this? Like uh <laughs> Just this, this is all you're gonna do. Um, it's but they're they for some reason that brought back the story of Brad Pitt like choking and punching his son on the on the private oh, jet yeah. one time. <laughs> the kid that they found, you know, living in a hole and fucking Oh, it's one of those country. kids. I think it was. Oh, shit. I think and it's just like, dude, come on. Like just you're fucking on a private jet with Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie. Just just take a few hits. I don't know. Weren't there times your parents got mad at you and they like maybe, you know, I, yeah. I definitely like I didn't get beaten, but there were definitely times where they got really mad and like, you know, put their hands on me. It's like and they weren't we weren't on a private jet going. Right. To I think the, 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 the pro, that's the Tarantino's problem. house. <laughs> yeah. The, 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 the phrase uh, uh, abuse and being on a private jet. It's kind of those two don't really work together. Don't they kind of cancel each other out? <laughs> like if if Brad Pitt, you know, and Angelina Jolie like would adopt me now, I would like they could punch me <laughs> the entire every plane trip. <laughs> <laughs> 
Because this, you know, Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie—they adopted me when I was living in a toilet. You know, and then one time he he choked me. You know, and it's like, well, what were you doing? <laughs> Meanwhile, if that kid stayed wherever he was, he'd probably have to do that uh, thing that I was talking about—the uh, rite of passage. Space. No, the oh right yeah, of- blow every. <laughs> The rite of passage of having to lay on Kevin Spacey's ass <laughs> <laughs> or Kevin Spacey laying on your ass. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. He probably took you out of that tent where you're about to blow all the fucking people in the village. <laughs> all right, fine, buddy. We'll take you back to the tent. <laughs> He's like, no, more tent. punching, more punching on the plane. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I'm kind of like, here. It's like you, one time Brad Pitt choked him on a plane. I'm like, that's it. All right. <laughs> Yeah, I think my parents have done worse in shopping malls to me. So, <laughs> yeah, but, like in a fucking car going to like another <laughs> horrible beach of that beach day. <laughs> the uh, the other one, I just want to bring up one other story. My my parents, one of my parents sent me this. They always send me something when a Jew does something really bad. <laughs> uh, this yeah. Eric, did you hear this, Eric Weinberg? Uh, no, who is that? Uh, is he, he Jewish? I mean, I'm just kidding. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, he was a writer producer for the TV show Scrubs. And, uh, you know, he was just a rape. Uh, they said 18 felony counts of including rape, oral copulation. Not really. That's something with your mouth, I guess. Yeah. It's forcible sexual penetration, sexual battery by restraint, false imprisonment, imprisonment by use of violence. I don't even understand. Anyway, this guy's pretty horrible. This is this guy is in Weinstein territory. Of course, another Jew. I just right and, right. and Epstein. Jesus, it's tough sometimes to be Jewish, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. You guys are really killing it. <laughs> um, that uh, he was raping like actresses or just every. How did they even get the show done? <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like they didn't really have a lot of um. Yeah, did he do it on the show Scrubs? I can't find it, but uh, you know, in pre- you know, it's so funny. I mean, the, the sometimes those charges when they they sound you know really horrible that y- you can do. It doesn't take a lot for like false imprisonment to be a thing, right? And kidnapping is another one where they're like kidnapping, and it's like kidnapping can be done with, where you don't even realize. Like it, it can be like not letting someone out of a room or something who's trying to get out of a room maybe like like the louis ck thing when people are like he didn't do anything i mean technically what he what those girls described him doing is borderline false imprisonment right yeah which can false imprisonment can be like taking someone in a room and standing in front of the door locking the door and Mm. and it's implied you can't leave. Oh, see, this is where your legal skills come in. I remember that was one of the things I learned early. Like just <laughs> the the um, this it's like a symbol of like if 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 someone takes you into a room and maybe you, you don't you know you're kind of been ordered in there and then someone like Did an that- authority figure or someone who seems like they have power of you is standing in front of the door. They don't have to say I you can't leave. I'm imprisoning you. But it's like it's understood. Like oh, I can't. Get uh, out of here! Seems like that one really out. resonated with you. Were you realizing all the times you had done that, and you're like, "Oh fuck!" Yeah, <laughs> no, I did, no because it was one of those <clears throat> things when I heard it, I was like, "Oh, that's what that that can be um, that," <clears throat> or like assault even can be like, um, it, it can be um, 
you, you don't even have to touch the person for it to be assault. It can be like the person feels like they're about to be uh, okay. struck. So that's when in, they just, yeah, I mean, they just want to throw the, I mean, he did horrible things, but they want to add all these extra things. But one woman uh, alleged that she met Weinberg in North Hollywood at a coffee shop 2014 when she was 22. And he convinced her to come home to a photo shoot at his home. Uh, which is funny because that seems to work a lot. Even in that, in, in that Dahmer thing, he was getting guys to do that. What's with people with the photo shoots? I, I have I, no idea. I couldn't even like, I feel like if I proposed that to anyone, they would just be like, what are you talking about? <laughs> if I feel like I learned from the age of like five, anyone who's ever like, hey, I want to take pictures. Like that was immediately a red flag. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, oh yeah, I want to take pictures of you. Like, well, I'm not going to do that. So, because <laughs> you're going to murder me. Clearly. Yeah. But like he was meeting like grown men. He's like, hey, I want to yeah. take pictures of you. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Anytime someone's like, hey, I want to take pictures of you back at my apartment that's like you're just <laughs> nothing good's gonna happen <laughs> and then the woman alleged while taking photos he grabbed her before forced her to perform oral sex choked her then raped her so i mean was he still taking photos while he was doing that i mean that's no i think I, I feel like the photo session was over at that point <laughs> <laughs> but also um you know, have these guys ever heard of just, you know, sometimes you can meet women and sometimes you could just ask them to come home with you without photo sessions <laughs> and make it clear you want to sleep with us and they will do it. I've done that like numerous times. Like they always have to use some weird photo stuff. Yeah. Um, where do these people like with Jeffrey Dahmer? And this was the thing that's so funny about the Jeff, not funny, but the Jeffrey Dahmer thing is a lot of the guys who would, who he'd bring back because he was totally lying about the photo session. Right. It was just to murder them. And he, they'd be like, yeah, he offered me $50 to do a photo. And I'm like, dude, if you're fucking, you're already lying about the photo session. <laughs> Why not just like make it like a lot of money? <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like if you're already lying about it, yeah. make it like $1,000. <laughs> I'm going to give you $17 to come to my house. But it's like, why are you like bargaining at that point? It's just like, All right, you're well, not here's the thing, going here's to... The this is the genius of it because I, I think he did actually pay some of the people, but I think the genius of it is actually that the money sounds legitimate. Like if you said a thousand dollars, maybe that would sound, maybe, maybe he, he focused, focus tested for a while. Like he started he probably did scarily yeah. enough, <laughs> but I don't know, two fifty maybe. Yeah. Um, that seems more fair. You know, I was thinking about like, uh, Dahmer and like Dahmer and also when you go to these places they always want offer you a drink immediately and they just drink it right up which is you know you, you know right. that they're always drugging the drink and that's what Dahmer did and you think about it, Dahmer drugged people he fucked them and then he ate them Cosby yeah. uh drugged them and just fucked them so I'm not right. saying Cosby's good but Dahmer makes them look a little bit better I would imagine yeah that is <laughs> Wasn't this documentary or whatever the series produced by Cosby? <laughs> like, see, look, look at this guy. At least I let them leave with their legs. Um, that is scary that Cosby was like basically doing exactly what Dahmer was doing. Yeah, except he just missed out on the third step. And in, in that movie, you see how he just got off on people get off on people just to sleep for some reason. I don't, I don't know why that turns people on, but. 
You know, I, I love just, how he would say like, "Oh, I drugged them and had them pass out so that when I killed them, they wouldn't feel anything." Like, <laughs> oh, well, that's nice of you. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I don't want you to feel it when I'm cutting your head off. <laughs> I feel like you'd be feeling that though. Like, yeah. what would that be like to be passed out and having your head cut off? Do you not notice it? <laughs> would you think? <laughs> do you think that that was not that wasn't his real reasoning? His real reasoning probably was. If you I do this to you, you're going to go to the cops after this, right? Now, in Cosby's case, he knew you wouldn't go to the cops because he was so powerful, you know, and he was so yeah. So maybe all Dahmer just you know Cosby Dahmer was basically Cosby without a sitcom, basically. Yeah. So Dahmer had to actually have game to like get his <laughs> victims. <laughs> yeah. To go to he had to go out and like yeah, it's true. Do house they, calls. <laughs> <laughs> but that's why the whole thing with bill cosby it's like why did you bother becoming you worked really hard to become famous to like that's how how you're getting women is just i mean you could just have done that without being famous you could right. just drug women and have sex with them so i don't i know and it's just such a weird I, I don't know like i said it's just everyone's fucking crazy it's like um this is the last thing i want to say about Dahmer, but like do you remember the, you know the one of the tragic stories that they always focus on is the the kid who was like 14 that he drugged and then he he got away yeah, and they brought him and back they like and they brought him back like that's like horrifying and everything the only thing that the, the really weird thing about it is the the kid that it happened to his brother had already been molested by right. Dahmer like a year earlier and Dahmer went to jail and the kid the second kid knew it he knew right. who Dahmer was and again I'm not like well, it's the, horrible what happened, but it's like you can't. Why would you go back with this guy that well, you knew drugged and raped your brother? Because I think they said that he actually gave him the money, and they were broke, and he just he knew he was going to get money. But I don't know. I know, but I mean, yeah, nah. if like, well, you're 14, so you're not smart. So I'll, I'll give him a pass on that one, maybe. I look. I'm not attacked, but I'm just like yeah. I was 14 too, and like <laughs> if someone was like, <laughs> when I was 14, if someone was like, "Hey, that's the guy that molested your friend yesterday," <laughs> like, and then he was like, "Hey, do you want to come to my house for 100?" I'd be like, "No, I'm not doing that." Like, why not? Because you like molested, but I'm going to give you money. I know, but I, one time I was a pizza delivery guy here in like 14 or 15 at Uno's. Yeah, and I worked with this dude, and he came back, and he was like. Oh, I met this guy on the street and he offered me weed. And the guy I knew was like into weed. I I wasn't. He was like, and the guy was like, asked me where I work. And I told him I, I was a delivery guy at Uno's. And, you know, he wanted me to like come party with him or something. Oh, I was boy. like, oh, that's weird. So then I got a delivery and I went to deliver it. And it was like this dude's apartment. Oh, no. And he was like, hey, I, uh, I thought the other guy was going to come. And oh. I was like 15. And I was like, Oh yeah, and I'm standing, and I'm already like. First of all, I'm, I'm a delivery guy because I was always wary. I'm like, I'm I'm in New York City. And I just wouldn't. And he was like cooking at the other side of the apartment. Uh -oh. He had like he had like porn, and he was <laughs> like, was oh, he entertain yourself. Who fucking know? I, at this point, <laughs> who knows? And then he's, which is another red flag. He ordered pizza, <laughs> like, why you're already like making dinner? So like. He's like, oh, entertain yourself. There's like porn. And, and I'm like, no, that's all right. I'm good. You know, and he's yeah. like, oh, come in. And, you know, do you want anything? I'm like, nope. Like, give me the money. And I was just like, so that's an example of like, mm. I wasn't 
but I mean, I was I was raised in New York City, and I don't know. Maybe they raised us to be. I don't know. I was terrified from day one. I thought everyone in the world was out to get me from like ten on. I just yeah. was like, every time I went outside, if anyone was like, "Hey, hey, man, like, can you tell me where this is?" I'd be like, get, "I'd be like, bye, get away." Like, I was I was yeah. taught to never engage with anyone. So, and I think as a New Yorker, you're cynical because I was talking to some about this the other day, like. You know, back in the day, a lot of these comedy clubs would make up like lies, like the the people who would sell the tickets on the streets, you know, and they would say, yeah. oh, Chris Rock's going to be here, you know, so give me $200 for this ticket. He's playing at this bar show, you know, or whatever. Right. And then you get and, there, you have to blow a bunch of dudes. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I always felt bad for the people who got ripped off, but I also was like. I get it because, you know, as a New Yorker, like I'm on, sometimes I go to other cities and people are barking on the streets or at, and I just don't believe anyone that anything anyone says, but I think that's the New Yorker thing. We're, we're just, I guess so. But I mean, off. these are the people who would fall for that would be like, I had that too. I do shows and people would complain. They'd be like, they told me Chris Rock and Dave Chappelle, Louis CK were here. And I'm like, <laughs> you really thought. $20 you were seeing the three premier comedians in the world on the fifth floor of the fucking building like what <laughs> just that's on you're like a 40 year old person like yeah, just, I, what are you talking about I just I mean you just you should know I mean like I, I would feel bad for him at the same time I'm like come on I mean seriously you know <laughs> You know, and also like you have your cool New York story. You got ripped up, and you know, I don't know. You'd see comedians that were well; they definitely weren't Dave Chappelle, but yeah. And that was the thing. But like, I always just think like when I go to other cities, you know, there's the same scumbags everywhere, and they're trying to bark in, and there's always some fucking thing. And I just, you know, just like you just walk. Well, it's by. the same people who like like cat, who get catfished, who like yeah, <laughs> you know, like Katy Perry is in love with me. She keeps messaging me, and it's like. You live in a toilet in fucking Kentucky. Like, why do you, th you really think Katy Perry's in love with you? Like, and she keeps telling me she's not into Orlando Bloom. Like, just think about that for one second. Like, yeah. look in the mirror and just know you're you're a disgusting looking person. <laughs> so yeah. uh, we yeah, should wrap this up. Yeah, let I guess it, as a New let, Yorker, you just as a New Yorker, I think sometimes you just know how awful the world really is, and in other places, you you live in an awful situation, but you think that everyone has it good, or I don't know, you just think there's better better. I guess I guess I was raised early on to just be terrified of everything. <laughs> like <laughs> I just remember really young. Anytime I went anywhere, I was just like I remember I would walk through crowds young, and I would like put my hands over my pockets even in situations where like that but there, there wasn't even a risk of that it was just right. kind of immediately i was always like like oh no someone's gonna get me so i so i i don't know growing up in new york city especially like when we grew up here like in the 80s is like it was like being in jail almost like yeah. you kind of always had to watch your back so i'm always acutely aware of everything around me now like i can always sense when there's something off anywhere like a train and i've been yeah. with people where they, they they're not noticing things and i'm like oh this is yeah and i think the other problem great is, way to live <laughs> the problem with new york now is i'm seeing more of these stories about like people just getting beat up and attacked and they're just for no reason you know and i used to think the rule was you know you could be cool in new york if you just didn't buy you just kept to yourself you know that was kind of the yeah. rule but I get a little nervous when I hear those stories a little bit because it's like that that doesn't necessarily work anymore, you know? Or just yeah, I do uh, think that you're right. That's true. But I do think 
if if you which is the thing i was was always aware of even young like when when i was walking around somewhere that seemed dangerous i would always kind of like put on an air of like i could handle like just right. like of not being afraid but also like being aware of what was going on because they they people who do that they, they they're targeting certain people yeah i see it a lot because sometimes i'll get targeted like where near where i live when you walk away from the comedy club there's a lot of drunk people leaving the clubs or the bars and stuff and they seem to be targeted a lot because they go oh yeah these people are drunk they don't have their wits about them these are the people yeah, we should go yeah. after so as long i think as long as you like I mean, it's not like it's it's not like you know a definite answer, you know, that's gonna like make you avoid that. But I, I've definitely been in situations where I'm like, oh, I have to act like I'm not like an easy target, right. you know. And you know, if I'm in a situation, I feel like it's dang. I fucking hurry. I hurry out of there fast. <laughs> I just don't. I've seen people they just stand around and. You know they know what they're doing. I don't know. They know what they're doing. They, they know, what, and, and it's it, it came from being young and being around that all yeah. the time. Like a, I mean, I, it sounds like a cowardly thing, but you've ever been on like a subway or something, and there's like a brawl. You know, do you go? Do you walk towards it, or do you go no. to the next car? <laughs> <laughs> if there's anything on a train where anyone's just annoying me or doing something where like I just I'm immediately out of that fucking car. Yeah. Like I'm just I'm gone. I don't. They don't need me there. <laughs> All I'm right, not going to help a brawl on the train. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a cop. I'm not here right. to like stop brawls. Like so, but you always see some guy who's doing that. He'll just jump right in. I'm like, this guy's crazy. Yeah. But or like when they're when they're kind of trying to engage you, when they're kind of like trying to bait you in a way, I just completely ignore them. It's yeah. just you can't get you can't engage. I was once on the train and I saw two w girls fighting. And I'm like, I am not getting involved with that because first of all, you get involved, all of a sudden you're throwing fists and then you're hitting a girl or these girls who fight, sometimes <laughs> they'll just kick the shit out of you. <laughs> oh yeah. No, you're not no allowed winning. to do anything. Yeah. yeah. So. No, I've never intervened in anything ever. Unless it's, <laughs> I don't know if there was someone like attacking like an old woman, I probably would. But yeah. if people are just fighting on the train, I'm not going to like <laughs> do anything about that. Um, I don't know, whatever. Okay. All right. All right we, should, we should wrap this up. All right. Thanks for uh, listening, everybody. Uh, rate and review. Join our Patreon for bonus content. And we'll see you next time. LA2B. Bye bye. Bye.